0: The faith, the faith that I love best, said God, is hope. Faith does not surprise me. It is not surprising. I burst forth so strikingly in my creation, in the sun and the moon and the stars, in all my creatures. In the stars of the firmament and the fish of the sea, in the universe of my creatures, on the face of the earth and the face of the waters, in the movements of the stars in the sky, in the wind that blows over the sea, and the wind that blows. Down the valley, in the calm valley, in the secluded valley, in plants and animals and the beasts of the forest, and in man, my creature, in peoples and men, and in kings and common people in man and in woman his mate, and especially in children, my creatures. In the gaze and the voices of children, for children are more truly my creatures than men. They have not yet been distorted by life on earth. And beyond all others, they are my servants before all. And the voices of children are purer than the voice of the wind in the calm of the valley, in the secluded valley. And the gaze of children is purer than the blue of the sky, than the milky sky, purer than the than a star's ray in the calm night. Yes, I burst forth so strikingly in my creation, on the face of the mountains and the face of the plain, in bread and wine, and in the man who plows and. The man who sows in the harvest of grain and the harvest of grapes, in light and in shadows. And in the heart of man, which is the deepest thing in the world, in the created world, so deep that it is impenetrable to every gaze accepting my gaze. In the tempest that stirs, waves, and the tempest that stirs, leaves. On the trees, in the forest, and conversely, in the calm of a beautiful evening. In the sea, in the sand of the sea, and in the stars, which are grains of sand in the sky, in the stone of the threshold, and the stone of the hearth, and the stone of the altar, in prayer, and in the sacraments, in the houses of men, and in the church, which is my house, on earth. In my creature, the eagle which flies among summits, the royal eagle which has a wingspan of two meters and perhaps three. And in my creature, the ant that crawls and hoards minutely. In the earth, in the ant my servant, and even in the serpent, in the ant, my servant, my tiny servant that hoards minutely, the miser, that works like a wretch and does not stop and takes no rest, but death in the long sleep of winter. so much evidence in the face of so much evidence. I burst forth so strikingly in my whole creation, in my tiny, tiny creature, in my tiny servant, in the tiny ant, that hoards my that hoards minutely, like man, like tiny man, and that hollows Tunnels in the earth, in the cellars of the earth, for storing his paltry treasures, wretched treasures, and even in the serpent, which deceived woman, and because of that crawls on its belly, and which is my creature and my servant, the serpent which deceived woman, my maidservant, which deceived man, my servant, I burst forth so strikingly in my creation, in everything that happens to man, to peoples and to the poor, and even to the rich, who do not wish to be my creatures and who shield themselves from being my servants. In all the evil and good things man makes and destroys. And I let go because I am the master, and I make what he has destroyed, and I destroy what he has made. Even to the temptation of sin, even there, and in everything that happened to my son, Because of man, my creature, whom I created in the conception, the birth, and the life, and the death of my son. And in the holy sacrifice of the mass, and in every birth, and every life, in every death and in the eternal, the life eternal, which will never end, which will overcome death. I burst so strikingly in my creation that truly these poor people would have to be blind not to see me. Charity, said God, does not surprise me. Charity, it is not surprising. These poor creatures are so wretched that unless they have hearts of stone, they would not love each other. Unless they have hearts of stone, why would they not love each other? Why would they not love their brothers? Why would they not take the bread from their own mouths, their daily bread, to give it to wretched passing children? My son received from them just such charity. My son Their brother, such great charity. Hope, said God, that does surprise me. Even me, that is surprising. That these poor children, seeing all that goes on, should believe that tomorrow will be better. That they see what goes on today and believe that tomorrow morning will be better. That is surprising. And it is certainly the greatest wonder of our grace. I myself am surprised by it. And my grace must indeed be of incredible power. And flow from a spring like an endless river since that first time it flowed. And during the eternity, it has been flowing in the natural and supernatural creation. In my creation, spiritual and carnal and yet spiritual. In my creation, eternal and temporal and yet eternal mortal and immortal. And that time, <laughs> oh, that time, since that time that it flowed like a river of blood from the pierced side of my son. how great must be my grace. And the power of my grace is this little hope, wavering At the breath of sin, trembling in every breeze, nervous at the last, at the least breath, is as unchangeable, remains as faithful, as upright, as pure, and invincible, and immortal, and impossible to quench as this little flame in the sanctuary Which burns forever in the faithful lamp. A flickering flame has traversed the denseness of worlds. A wavering flame has traversed the denseness of time. A nervous flame has traversed the denseness of nights. Since that first time when my grace flowed from the creation of the world. Since the eternity that my grace has been flowing for the preservation of the world. Since that time when the blood of my Son flowed for the redemption of the world. A flame impossible to assail. Impossible to quench by the breath of death. What surprises me, said God, is hope. I cannot get over it. This little hope, who looks like a slip of a girl, this little girl, hope, immortal. For my three virtues, said God, the three virtues, my creatures, my daughters, my children, are themselves like my other creatures. Of the race of men, faith is a loyal wife. Charity is a mother, a loving mother, all heart. Or an elder sister who is like a mother. Hope is a slip of a girl. Is a little slip of a girl. Who came into the world on Christmas Day last year. Who is still playing with a snowman. (laughs) With her little fir trees of German wood covered with painted frost. And with her ox and ass of painted wood from Germany and with her crib full of straw, that the beasts do not eat, because they are made of wood. Yet it is this this little girl who will traverse the worlds, this little slip of a girl, she alone, bearing the others, who will traverse the consummated world. As the star led the three kings from the farthest orient toward the cradle of my son, so she, a wavering flame, alone will lead the virtues and the worlds. A flame will pierce the Everlasting Shadows. The priest speaks. Minister of God, the priest says, What are the three theological virtues? The child replies, The three theological virtues are faith, hope, and charity. Why are faith, hope, and charity called theological virtues? Faith, hope, and charity are called theological virtues because they refer directly to God. What is hope? Hope is a supernatural virtue by which we confidently expect from God his grace in this world and eternal glory in the next. Make an act of hope. Oh my God, I hope with firm confidence that you will give me, through the merits of Jesus Christ, your grace in this world your glory in the next because you have promised me this and you are supremely faithful to your promises. We too often forget, my child, that hope is a virtue and that it is a theological virtue. And that of all the virtues and of the three theological virtues, it is perhaps the most pleasing to God, that it is assuredly the most difficult, that it is perhaps the only difficult virtue, and that doubtless it is the most pleasing to God. Faith, faith can be taken for granted. Faith gets along on its own. In order to believe, one need only let go, look about. In order not to believe, one would have to make a violent effort to torture, to torment, thwart oneself to embrace to to brace oneself attack backwards reverse oneself increase one's strength faith is quite natural quite lively quite simple quite thriving heartily thriving very lively it is a good woman of one's acquaintance, a good old woman, a good old parishioner, a good old woman of the parish, an old grandmother, a good parishioner. She tells us stories of olden times that happened in olden times. In order not to believe, in order not to believe, my child, one would have to close his eyes and stop up his ears so as not to see, so as not to believe. Charity, unfortunately, is taken for granted. Charity gets along on its own. To love one's neighbor. One has only to let oneself go, to look at so much distress. In order not to love one's neighbor, one would have to make a violent effort to torture, torment, thwart oneself, harm oneself, go against nature, act backwards, reverse oneself, increase one's strength, Charity is quite natural, quite spontaneous, quite simple, heartily thriving. It is the first impulse of the heart. It is the first impulse, which is best. Charity is a mother and a sister. In order not to love one's neighbor, my child, one would have to close his eyes and stop up his ears to so many cries of distress. But hope, hope is not taken for granted. Hope does not get along on its own. To hope, my child, one must be very happy. One must have obtained, received, Great grace. Hey, Mommy. Um, What's that? It is faith that is easy and not believing that would be impossible. It is charity that is easy and not loving that would be impossible. But it is hoping that is difficult. And the easy way and the inclination is toward despair, and that is the great temptation. Little Hope moves forward between her two big sisters and is not even noticed on the road to salvation on the carnal road on the rough road to salvation on the endless road on the road between her two sisters little hope moves forward between her two big sisters the one who is married, and the one who is a mother, and all the attention, all the attention of Christian people is given to the two big sisters, the first and the last, who attended to the most pressing things first, to the present time to the fleeting moment that passes. Christian people see only the two big sisters, pay attention only to the two big sisters, the one on the right and the one on the left. And they practically do not see the one in the middle, the little one who still goes to school and who walks hidden in the skirts of her sisters. And they willingly believe that it is the two big sisters who are pulling the little one along by the hand. In the middle between the two of them to make her walk this rough road to salvation. They are not, they are blind not to see on the contrary. That it is the one in the middle who is pulling her big sisters. And that without her, they would be nothing. But two women already old, two middle-aged women, worn. By life. It is she, the little one, who pulls the whole weight, for faith sees only what is, but she, she alone, sees what will be. Charity loves only what is. But she, she walked, she alone loves what will be. Hope sees what is in time and in eternity. Hope sees what will be in time and for eternity. In the future of eternity, so to speak. Charity loves what is. In time and in eternity. God and her neighbor. As faith sees God and creation. But hope loves what will be in time and for eternity. In the future of eternity, so to speak. Hope sees what as yet is not and will be. She loves what as yet is not and will be in the future of time and eternity. On the sandy, toilsome uphill road, the uphill way, pulled, dragging on the arms of her two big sisters, who hold her by the hand, Little Hope moves forward. In the middle, between her two big sisters, she seems to be letting herself be pulled. But a child, who has not the strength to walk, is pulled along the road in spite of herself. And in reality, it is she who leads the other two. And pulls them. Who leads everybody. Who pulls everybody. For people never work except for their children. And the two big sisters walk alone. Walk. And the two big sisters walk only for the sake of the little one. My three virtues, said God, master of the three virtues. My three virtues are no different from men and women and their homes. It is not the children who work, for people never work except for their children. It is not the children who goes to the fields, who plows and sows and reaps the grains and gathers the grapes and who prunes the vines and fells the trees and saws the wood. For winter to warm the house in winter. What father would have the heart to work except for his children? if it were not for the sake of his children. And in winter, when he works hard in the forest, when he works the hardest with a bush hook and saw and hatchet and ax in the icy forest. In winter, when snakes sleep in the woods because they are frozen. And when the bitter north wind blows, piercing his bones, biting through all his limbs and he is thoroughly chilled and his teeth chattering and the frost forms icicles on his beard. Suddenly he thinks of his wife who has stayed at home. Of his wife who is such a good housewife whose husband he is In the sight of God and of his children who are comfortable at home who are playing and enjoying themselves right now by the hearth and are perhaps wrestling together for fun they pass before his eyes in a flash before his mind's eye before his soul's eye they live in his memory and his heart and his soul and his soul's eye. They live in his gaze. In a flash, he sees his three children playing and laughing by the hearth. His three children, two boys and a girl whose father he is in the sight of God. His eldest, his boy, who has 12, who was 12 in the month of September, come in. His daughter, who was nine in the month of September. Um, Noodle cup, but I do like the eggs too. I'll have one of the eggs in the noodle cup. Uh, 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 you, uh, okay, that's not uh, okay, I'll have the noodle cup. Okay. Um, but if nobody eats it, I'll eat it. Oh, okay. So you finish the noodle cup because I had. Yeah, because it was a little. I'm cool. not sure if one I like this. I made it for him. I was like, wait, does he even like? Okay, if nobody, Daddy might eat it. If not, I'll, 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 I'll take it, and and I'll take a noodle cup to wash it. You know, just broth in the morning. Yeah and his youngest who was seven in the month of June so the girl is in the middle as is proper so that she may be defended by her two brothers in life one before and one after. His three children who will succeed and survive him on earth. Thank you. Okay. Who will have his house and his land. And if he has neither home, and if he has neither house nor land, who will have at least his tools. If he has neither house nor land, they will not have any either. And, that, and that's all there is to it. He managed to live without them. They will do as he did. They will work. His ax, thank you so much. Perfect. And his hatchet his bush hook and his saw and his hammer and his file and his bucket and pick and his spade for spading the earth. And if he has neither house nor land, at least they will inherit his tools, his good tools, which have so often served him which are worn to his grasp, which have so many times spaded the same earth. His tools in constant use have made his hands horny and gleaming, gleaming, but he by use has made the handles of his tools polished and gleaming. And from work, his skin has become as hard and as tanned as the handles of his tools. Through the handles of his tools, his sons will find, his sons will inherit the hardness of his hands. But also their skill their great skill. For he is a good plowman and a good woodcutter and a good vine grower. And with his tools, his sons will inherit. His children will inherit. What he has given them what nobody could take from them. Almost not even God. So much has God given to man. The strength of his race. The strength of his blood. For they are his descendants. And they are French and Lorraines, sons of good strain and of good family, and blood will tell, sons of a good mother. And above all, away above all, along with his tools and his strain and his blood, his children will inherit that which is worth more than a house and a parcel of land to leave to one's child. For the house and the land are perishable and will perish. And the house and the land are exposed to the wind of winter, to the bitter north wind that blows in this forest. But the blessing of God is not blown away by any wind. That which is worth more than tools, which is work, which is more workable, more practical than tools, that which does more work than tools. And anyway, tools finally wear out. Like men, that which is worth more, which is more lasting than strain and blood, even more lasting. For even strain and blood are perishable and will perish, except the blood of Jesus, which will be shed world without end. And even strain and blood are exposed to the wind of winter, and there can be a winter of the strain. Along with his house, perhaps, if he has one, if he has one, and his land, with his tools certainly, and his strain and his blood, his children will inherit that which is above all. The blessing of God, which is on his house and on his train. The grace of God, which is more valuable than anything. He knows this. The grace which is given to the poor man and to him who works. And who brings up his children well. He knows this. Because God has promised it. And he is supremely faithful to his promises. His three children. Who are growing so big. Page 18. If only they do not get sick and who will surely be taller than him. How proud of this he is in his heart. And his two boys will be awfully strong. His two boys will replace him. His children will take his place on earth when he is no longer here. His place in the parish and his place in the forest. His place in the church and his place in the house. His place in the town and his place in the vineyard. And on the plain and on the hill and in the valley. His place in Christendom, well, Anyway, his place as a man and a Christian. His place as a parishioner, as a plowman. His place as a peasant. His place as a father. His place as a son of Lorraine and a Frenchman. For these are places, heaven knows, That must be occupied, and all that must go on when he is no longer here as at present. In the same way, if not better, the peasantry must go on, and the vines and the grain and the harvest and the gathering of grapes and the plowing of the earth and the pasturing of beasts when he is no longer here as at present. In the same way, if not better, Christendom must go on. The militant, the church militant, and for this there must be Christians always. The parish must go on, France must go on, and Lorraine, long after he has ceased to be, as well as at present, if not better. He thinks tenderly of the time when he will have ceased to be and when his children will take his place on earth in the sight of God. Of that time, when he will have ceased to be, and when his children will be, and when his name is spoken in the town, when he is talked of, when his name comes up by chance in conversation, it will no longer be of him they are speaking, but of his sons. It will be both of him and not of him. It will be both of him and not of him, since it will be of his sons. It will be his name, and it will no longer be his name, since it will become the name of his sons. And he is proud of it in his heart and how tenderly he thinks. That he will no longer be himself, but his sons. And that his name will no longer be his name, but the name of his sons. That his name will no longer serve him, but will serve his sons he will bear the name honorably in the sight of god who will who will bear the name honorably in the sight of god openly and proudly as he does better than he does and when his name is spoken it will be his son that is being called and it is of his son That they will be speaking. He himself will long have been in the cemetery round about the church. He, that is to say, his body, side by side with his forefathers and the fathers of his forefathers, in a row with them, with his father and his grandfather whom he knew. And with all the others, all those that he has not known, all the men and all the women of his strain, all the ancient men and ancient women, his ancestors and forebears and his grandmothers, as many as there have been since the parish was founded. by some saintly founder come from Jesus, his body, for as for his soul long ago, he commended it to God, putting it under the protection of his patron saints. He will sleep. His body will rest thus among his kin, waiting for his kin, waiting for the resurrection of the body, until the resurrection of the body, his body, will rest thus. He thinks tenderly of the time when he will no longer be needed. And when all will go on just the same, because there will be others who will bear the same burden and who perhaps and who doubtless will bear it better. He thinks tenderly of the time when he will have ceased to be, because it is true, isn't it? One cannot go on forever. One cannot be and have been And when everything will go on just the same. When everything will go on just as well. On the contrary. When everything can only go better. On the contrary. Because his children will be there at this time. His children will do better than he, of course. And the world will be better run later on he is not resentful of this on the contrary nor of having come to the world at a different at a difficult period and of having doubtless prepared maybe a less difficult period for his sons <laughs> what madman would be resentful of his sons and of the sons of his sons. Does he not work solely for his children? Page 22. He thinks tenderly of the time when people will scarcely think of him except on account of his children. If only they would think of him sometimes Occasionally. When his name will ring cordially in the town. It will be a man calling his name. It will be a man calling his son Marcel or his son Pierre. It will be a man needing his son Marcel or his son Pierre. And he will call them happy to see them and he will look for them for it is they who will reign with the men of their age and their period it is they who will reign on the face of the earth perhaps for a little while longer some old man who remembers will say The two seven boys. They're fine fellows. It is not surprising. Look at the family. The father was such a fine man. A little later, young men will repeat with confidence, their father was such a fine man. But already, they will not know anything about it. Then they will not know any more. And even this, even this remark will be heard no more. He thinks tenderly of the time when he will not even be a subject of conversation. It is for this, for this that he works, for isn't it for their children that people work he will be only a body in six feet of earth under six feet of earth under a cross but his children will be He greets tenderly the new time when he will have ceased to be, when he will be no more, when his children will be the reign of his children. Page 23. He thinks tenderly of the period which will no longer be his period but the period of his children, the reign of time of his children on earth. And that time, when people say the Sullivans, it will not be he, but they, without any explanation. His children will bear the name of Seven, or the name of Chenin, or Joffin, or Raymond or any other name of Lorraine. Any other Christian surname belonging to France and Lorraine. At the thought of his children, who will have become men and women. At the thought of the period of his children, of the reign of his children on earth in their turn, a tenderness, a warmth, a feeling of self-respect rises in him. Good heavens, could that be pride, (laughs) but God will forgive him. How well and strong his sons will be in the forest, great God, boys as strong as oaks, In the forest, when the winter wind blows, the bitter north wind that will pierce their bones and make icicles in their beards. He laughs at the thought of what they will look like. Page 24. He laughs to himself and perhaps even outwardly, openly, when he thinks what they will look like when they have beards. And he thinks tenderly of his daughter who will be such a good housewife, because surely she will be like her mother. He will have ceased to be. Of course, he will have ceased to be. He will have died. But there will be others. Good God, there will be others. One must hope. We already know the taste of bread and who will know how to bite into a good round loaf, who will hungrily eat their daily bread, who will hungrily eat their daily bread and their external bread. They will get along very well without him, and he will no longer sit at table, for it is crowded at the table when new children arrive and grow up others his children who will live and die after him if things follow their natural order and whom he will meet again in paradise there will be others thank god france must continue france will not be idle nor Christendom, nor Lorraine. And the parish will not be idle, nor will the vines, nor the grain. It is natural that a father die before his children. He thinks of them by God's grace. The blood at once flows back into his heart and warms him as much. He surges back into into all his limbs, right to the tip of his fingers. End of page 24. And surges back into all his limbs right to the tips of his fingers as much as if he had Drunk a glass of good mews wine from the slopes above Chapoy, and the numbness that he had in his fingers, and it did not help to blow on his fingers, disappears as if by magic. And now he feels nothing but the prickling, prickling warmth at the tip of his fingers and the bitter north wind, which is still blowing because he has no children, because it is a creature without life and does not know about all those things. The bitter north wind in the forest Comes now and freezes two big tears that are foolishly running down his cheek. In the furrows of his two cheeks and disappearing in his bushy beard like two icicles. <laughs> then he laughingly and ashamed, laughingly inward and ashamedly, inward and outwardly, and being, and even laughing aloud, for he is gentle and ashamed of weeping, I mean, in a man. Then the poor man tries to be tricky, pretends he has not wept, he always tries to be tricky, He looks around covertly to see if anyone is watching him, if anyone has seen him by any chance, laughing inwardly and secretly in his beard. He hurries to wipe the two tears from his cheek and to brush them away. He swallows and passes his tongue over his lips at the corner of his lips the salt water of his tears that seep through his beard and so clumsily with his hand awkwardly slantingly downwards at an angle with the back of his thumb He hurries to brush away his tears, and the trace of his tears, so that no one should notice, so that no one should see that he has wept, and go making fun of him in the town, because a man must not weep. And so, his wife who stayed at home today, but who usually goes to the fields too, who is such a good housewife and such a good Christian, would she have such will for the work and for the housework if she were not working for her children? So, and not otherwise, everyone works for the little girl, Hope. Everything we do is for the sake of our children. And it is the children who are responsible for all that is done. For all that we do. And. If we. If they. Took us by the hand. So that all that is done. All that everyone does. Is done. For the little girl hope. Everything small. Is in. Is the finest. And the greatest of all. Everything. New is the finest and greatest of all. And baptism is the sacrament of the little ones. And baptism is the newness, newest sacrament. And baptism is consciousness just beginning. Everything in this in its beginning has a virtue that is never regained, a strength, a newness, a freshness like dawn, a youthfulness, an ardor, an enthusiasm, a simplicity, a dawning that is never regained. The first day is the finest day. The first day is perhaps the only fine day. And baptism is the sacrament of the first day. And baptism is all that is finest and greatest accepting the sacrifice and the partaking of the body of our Lord. Page 27 In what is just beginning there is a source a strain that is not repeated a start a childhood that is not regained and that is never regained now the little girl hope is she who is always beginning. This dawning, perpetual dawning, this childhood, perpetual childhood. Good heavens, what would we do? What would we be if it were not for children? What would become of us And the two big sisters very well know that without her, they would be only temporary maid servants. Old maids in a thatched hut. In a dilapidated shanty that gets more ramshackle every day. That wears out along with old, with the old woman who grow old all alone that live drearily in a hovel, childless woman, a dying line. Page 28. But through her, on the contrary, they know that they are two generous women. Two women of promise. Two women who have something to do in life, and that through this little girl they are bringing up, they hold all time and eternity itself in the hollow of their hands. <laughs> So it is, the children, who do nothing. Ah, oh, the sly fellows who pretend to do nothing, the rascals, they know what they are doing. The innocence, innocence, innocence. In French, this is a proverb innocence, want for nothing. There is no mistake about it. They know that they are responsible for everything and more than everything. With their innocent looks, with their appearance of knowing nothing, of not knowing, since it is for them that We work in reality, since it is only for them that we work, and nothing is done but for them. Page 28, and everything that is done in the world is done only for them which explains the look of confidence they have. So pleasant to see. The frank gaze. The gaze that cannot be met and yet meets all others. So gentle, so pleasant to see. The gaze impossible to meet. The frank gaze. The direct Gaze they have, the gentle gaze that comes direct from paradise, so sweet to see and to receive the gaze of paradise, which explains the brows they have, their confident brows. This flat, this Bossed, this high, this square brow, this confidence they have, which is the very confidence of hope. Their bossed brows washed and clean from baptism, from the waters of baptism. And this manner of speech they have, these voices so gentle and yet so confident, so sweet to hear, so young, these voices of paradise. For their speech has a promise, a secret, a secret inward confidence, as their Young gaze has a promise, a secret inward promise, in their brows and their whole persons, their little majestic reverend persons. Happy children, happy father, happy hope, happy childhood. Their little bodies, their little persons, all their little gestures are brimful and overflowing with hope. Sparkling, overflowing with innocence, which is the very innocence of hope. Confidence. Unique innocence. Page twenty. Confidence in, in inimitable innocence. In, inimitable. Yeah. Imitate no. Ignorance of the child. Innocence beside whom saintliness itself. The purity of the saint is only refuse, refuse and decay. Youthfulness of heart. Hope, the childhood of the heart. Gentle children, inimitable children, little brothers of Jesus. Young children, children beside whom the greatest saints are only age and decay. Children, that is why you are the masters and command in the homes. We know why. A look a word from you and the most stubborn heads are bowed. You are the masters and we well know it. We well know why. Each of you is a child Jesus. And what man, what fool, what blasphemer would dare to call himself a man of Jesus. A man Jesus. Would dare to call himself a man Jesus. What saint, What very great saint would even dare think of it? And you very well know that you are masters in the homes. Your voice says so. Your gaze says so. And your curls and your mischievous expression. (laughs) And when you ask for something, you ask laughingly because you are sure of getting it. You know very well you will get it. Page 30 On the imitation of Jesus You children imitate Jesus without noticing it. Without knowing it, without seeing it, and you very well know it. And man, what man, the greatest saint, what saint does not know that he is infinitely far from Jesus in his imitation? Page 31. Irreparable loss, descent, fall, inevitable waste of life, which is existence and life and even growing old. To our childhood, we join Jesus. And as we grow up, We are separated. We separate ourselves for our whole life. Children, your ignorance, your confidence, your innocence is the very ignorance and the very innocence of Jesus. Of the child Jesus and his timid confidence. You are hopes as the child Jesus was a hope. Really, you are the little Jesus. That is why, children, we are so happy that you are the masters and that you command in the homes. This is the very commandment of hope. Your reign is hope's own reign. For we men, what are we? With our poor imitation. And your command is the very commandment of Jesus. (laughs) Strange fate, strange destiny, destination of man. When we are children, we are the little Jesus. We join the child Jesus. And when we are men, separate, what are we? Handsome children, their gaze is the very gaze of Jesus. Your blue gaze of the child Jesus. Your beautiful gaze. Your brow is the very brow of Jesus. Your voice is the very voice of Jesus. And we, what are we with our Veiled gaze, our veiled brow, our veiled voice, and at the corner corners of our lips, the curl of bitterness, and at best the curl of penitence, we are never more than innocence regained, and we are the first innocence and they are the first innocence we are never more than the innocence we gained and they are the first innocence what becomes of us what has become of us what do we know What can we do? (laughs) What do we do? What do we have? We never have anything but restored innocence. And they have the first innocence. And supposing the best, at the very best, Taking everything for the best, we would never be anything but innocence conserved. And they are the first innocence. And as much as ripe fruit, just fruit taken from the tree is superior. To conserved fruit. (laughs) Fresh is better than conserved fruit. So, the innocence of the child is superior to the innocence of man. Is worth more than what man no longer even dares to call his innocence. He thinks of his three children who at this very moment are playing by the hearth. Are they playing? Are they working? It is impossible to tell with children. Are they working with their mother? It is never possible to tell. Children are not like men. For children, playing, working, resting, stopping, running are all one, all the same, are all the same thing. They make no distinction. They are happy. They enjoy themselves all the time, as much when they are working as when they are playing. They do not even notice. They are very happy. So, their commandment is the very commandment of Jesus, of the child Jesus. Hope also is she who enjoys herself all the time. He thinks of his three children who are playing at this moment by the hearth, if only they are happy. Isn't that all a father asks? We live for them. We ask only that our children be happy. He thinks of his children whom he placed especially under the protection of the Blessed Virgin. One day, when they were ill, and when he was greatly frightened, he still shuddered when he thinks of that day, when he was so frightened for them and for himself, because they were ill. Page 34, he had trembled in his shoes at the very idea that they were ill. He had understood that he could not live like that, with his children ill, and his wife who was so frightened, so terribly frightened, that her gaze was absent. Her brow wrinkled and she said, not a word, like an animal in pain. That is silent, for her heart was wrung. She breathed like a woman being strangled, her heart in a vice, her throat in a grip of fingers in the jaws of a vice. his wife, who was gritting her teeth, tightening her lips, and who hardly spoke, and whose voice was strange, whose voice belonged to someone else. So terribly frightened she was. and did not want to admit it. But he heaven knows, was a man. He was not afraid to speak. He had understood perfectly that things could not go on like that. Things could not continue like that. He could not live with his children ill. Then He had taken a step, a daring step. He still laughed when he thought about it. He even admired himself a little for it. And truly, he had some reason to. And he still shivered at the thought of it. He had to admit that he had been awfully bold and that it was a bold step. And yet all Christians can do the same and even wonder why they do not. Just as you pick up three children and pull all three of them and put all three of them together at the same time for fun as in a game. Page 35. In the arms of their mother and nurse who laughs and Protests because there are too many, and she will not have the strength to hold them. He, boldly like a man, he had picked up in prayer. He had picked up France must go on, Christendom must go on. His three children, from where they were lying in illness and misery. And calmly he had put them. In prayer he had put them. Calmly into the arms of her who bears all the sorrow of the world. And whose arms are so full. For the son took all the sins. But the mother took all the sorrow. Page 35. He had said, in his prayer, he had said, I am worn out. I cannot make it out. It is too much for me. I don't want to hear any more about it. It is not my business. France must go on. Christendom must go on. Take them. I give them to you. Do as you wish with them. I have had enough. She who was the mother of Jesus Christ can very well also be the mother of these two little boys and this little girl who are brothers of Jesus Christ and for whom Jesus Christ came into the world. The difference does it make, what difference does it make to you? You have so many others. What difference does it make to you, one more or less? He meant world without end, all the children of men. All the brothers of Jesus, the little brothers. And she will have so many others, world without end. A man must have a nerve to speak that way to the Blessed Virgin. With tears on his eyelashes, with the words on his lips, he he was speaking in prayer. He was speaking thus, inwardly. He was very angry. God forgave him. He still shivers over it. But he was awfully glad to have thought of it. The foolish man, as if it were he who had thought of it. The poor man. He was speaking with great anger. God keep him, and with great violence, and inwardly, within this great anger, and this great violence, there was great devotion. You see them, he was saying, I am giving them to you, and I am going home. I am escaping so that you cannot give them back to me. I'll have no more to do with them. You can see that. How he congratulated himself on having had the courage to take that step. Not everyone would have dared. He was happy. He was congratulating himself, laughing and trembling. He had not spoken of it to his wife. He had not dared. Women may be jealous. It is better not to create trouble in one's home and to have peace. He had arranged that all alone it was safer and less trouble. Since that time, everything had been going well, naturally. How could things go otherwise than well? Since it was the Blessed Virgin who was taking over, who had taken the responsibility. She knows better than we do. And she, who had taken them, although she had others before those three, he had taken a unique step. Why don't all Christians take it? He had been awfully bold. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Only the faint-hearted lose. It is even strange that all Christians do not do the same. It is so simple. You never think of the simple thing. You know, we search and search. We go to great pains. <laughs> we never think of the thing that is simplest. Anyway, we are stupid. Might as well say so at once. And she, who had taken them, although she had no lack and had others before those three, she would have others. She had others afterward. She had had others and would have others world without end. And she, who had taken them, He knew all along that she would take them. She would not have the heart to leave them orphaned. How cowardly he had been all the same. She could not leave them beside a boundary stone. That is what he was counting on, the rascal. She was forced to take them she who had taken them. He was congratulating himself over it. And yet we are so proud of having children, but men are not jealous of seeing them eat and seeing them grow And in the evening, of seeing them sleep like angels, and of kissing them morning and evening, and at noon, right on the crown of their heads, when they innocently bow their heads as a colt lowers his head, as a supple, as supple as a colt, as playful as a colt. Page 38. With necks as supple and the whole body and back, like the supple growing stalk of a healthy plant, of a young plant, like the very stalk of growing hope. Laughing, they bend their backs like young, handsome colt, their necks and their heads together in order to present to their father, to the kiss of their father, the exact crown of their heads. This point right on the crown of their head, the center around which all the hair swirls in spirals. They enjoy doing this. They are always enjoying themselves. They make a game of it. They make a game of everything. They hum, they sing songs that you never heard of and that they invent as they go along. They sing all the time. And in the same movement, they straighten up almost without pausing, like a young stock swaying in the wind that returns upright naturally. For them, their father's kiss is a game, an amusement, a ceremony, a welcome, something taken for granted. Very good, unimportant, a simple thing to which they do not even pay attention, so to speak. It is such a habit, so much they do their hearts are pure. They receive it as they would a piece of bread. They play with it. They enjoy it as they would a piece of bread. Their father's kiss. It is their daily bread. If they suspected what it is for their father, the wretches but that is not their business. They have plenty of time to know that later. End of page 38.